This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, and when we get sober, they can almost feel magnified at first because we're adjusting to feeling all our feelings again rather than using alcohol to numb them. I was honestly really surprised when I got sober at how many emotions came up for me. I remember literally saying, I have so many feelings right now, and it felt really overwhelming having to feel them all. But the great thing about that is that it gave me the clarity and awareness that I had some things to work through, like people-pleasing and like my own self-talk. That's where therapy can be so helpful because because it's a safe space to get things off your chest and begin to work through what's been weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. What I really love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com happiest today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash happiest. There are so many amazing perks of being sober, and one of my favorites is that sobriety allows us to take self-care to the next level, and it gives us such a sense of confidence. There's really nothing like feeling confident in your own skin. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, One Skin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. I've told you about how when I got sober, one of my favorite things was starting a skincare routine because that was not something I ever prioritized before, but let's be honest, knowing what the best skincare routine is can be a little overwhelming. That's why I'm excited about OneSkin. There's no complicated routine, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code HAPPIEST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code HAPPIEST. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support my show and tell them I sent you. Hello and welcome to Happiest Sober Podcast. I'm Madeline. Thank you for being here. I'm here with our returning guest slash co-host. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Maddie. <laughs> Here's Megan. I never use your name. I feel like people who maybe heard me use it, they're your very first one. Megan. Megan Forrest. Yeah. Hi, Mom. Hi, Sweet Pea. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm fine. Good. Well, this, okay. This episode is going to be a fun one because this one was your idea. Yeah. Because you were like, I want to come and ask you questions about your story. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun because I've never actually shared my story in my story, but I've never shared that much like in its entirety of my story on, on my podcast. Like you've heard, you've heard me on other people's podcasts. You've heard like what I've shared online willingly, but you've never Even when I talked to you about wanting to get sober, you never really asked me that much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, about my drinking days. It's always just been yeah. what I've willingly shared yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be fun to have this chat. <laughs> I know I got to thinking like, I'm kind of curious to hear a little bit about it because I think when you first started saying you wanted to get sober, mm-hmm. I didn't want to influence you push you in any way shape or form yeah I wanted you to really be ready like I wanted it to be something you wanted and I think I felt really cognizant of not putting my own my own knowing onto Mm -hmm. it like I just uh, you know like my own uh hope 
for you, my own, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, I'm already so- emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say to you, Aww. if I don't cry during this one, it's a miracle because I've been yeah. emotional today. Like yeah. I'm having a good day, but I've just been like very easily, like everything I watch is making me choked up. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those days, yeah. but even that, cause it's true. You really, you really respected, like mm-hmm. you can drink if you want to drink. You were just, mm-hmm. you were really just there for me to talk everything out with without mm-hmm. like I didn't feel like you had any agenda for me yeah, yeah. in it like it yes. really you were you made a point to always say especially when I would be like screw this I just want a drink you were like have a drink then you can have a drink yeah like you make because yeah. then when you would say that too it made me be like oh shit I now that she says that I actually don't want to right, right like it right. made me realize I didn't <laughs> want to but you really did you didn't push it on me yeah um and yeah I'm I'm thankful for that. Yeah. So, so, okay. So I was thinking, um, or I've been thinking like one of the things, you know, I know really nothing about, like I don't, (laughs) uh, other than what you just said, you know, that you've sort of shared, but I was like, oh, I have lots of questions now that we, you know, we talk a lot about sobriety Mm -hmm. and living sober and, you know, living a really happy, great, full life sober, but yeah. I just haven't really gone on to the, you know, back into sort of the drinking thing with you. Yeah. So and I, you don't know a yeah. lot about, I don't, a lot of it. I don't, you know, only what I've shared yeah. probably online because yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. as much as we have have always had the most open mm-hmm. relationship. That was the only thing I've ever kept kind of guarded from you yeah. because of my own gut knowing and I wasn't ready to face any yeah. of it. So I was definitely, that was the one thing I was like, didn't want you so, to know all of my drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and how come? Um, Because I knew that you would know that it wasn't great. Right. And, and I didn't want to have to face that. To stop. No, yeah. I don't want to hear it from you. I yeah. didn't want to think about it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. So I'm really curious. Like, so the first time that you drank mm-hmm. and got drunk. Yeah. Um, where I have a few questions about it. Where was that? Like, mm-hmm. how old were you? Where was that? And what did you like? So what was that experience? Did you wake up like just really excited about it? It was such a fun night. Or did you wake up in a bit of a panic? Like what happened? Okay. So two things, the, the first time I drank and the first time I got drunk were two different times. Okay. Because you know why you instilled very hard in us. Mm-hmm. Don't drink to get drunk, have one or two drinks. So mm-hmm. the first few times I drank, I was really cautious about that. Like yeah. the very first time I drank was, and because like, and I've, I've shared this lots of times before, um, that was your one rule in high school was we mm-hmm. not me and, you know, two older sisters, we, none of us were going to drink in high school. Um, and then so Sash, my oldest sister, went away to school. She was then allowed, you even nudged her like to have a drink yeah, when she, she went away nervous. to school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then Cassie middle, cause I'm the youngest went away. Cassie's only one year ahead of me. Yeah. So then when she went away to school, she was allowed to start drinking. And then I was in my last year of high school, but because 
I was going to visit her and stay for the weekend. You were like, okay, like you're going to visit her at school. You can have a drink. Mm -hmm. So I was in, I was 17 and Cassie and I together were really cautious. Like we bought, this is so funny for the weekend. I remember going (laughs) with, um, a guy, uh, a guy from her school who either was legal or had a fake ID and, he was like, what do you guys want? And together mm-hmm. for the weekend, we wanted to share one four pack of coolers <laughs> <laughs> between the two of us for two nights. <laughs> so like, he was like, what? I remember they were Woody's grapefruit coolers. And that was, the, that was what I drank my first few times. And it so really funny. was like one or two, one, I think right. one drink the first time I ever drank that right. I nursed. Um, and I remember. And were you nervous? Gosh, was I? Maybe a little. Mm-hmm. I think it was more of this like slightly, oh my God, like what's what's this gonna feel like? Maybe a curiosity right. more okay. than nerves. Maybe yeah. a nervous excitement, curiosity. Yeah. Um and I remember feeling a little buzz for the mm-hmm. first time that mm-hmm. I think the second time I ever drank mm-hmm. and feeling like, oh, that's fun. But the first time I ever got genuinely wasted yeah was at my friend from high school's house in her basement and there were a few of us right um and I've told this story before you'll know this one but Mm -hmm. this was the first time I ever got like genuinely really drunk was um in her basement we're having drinks and then one of our other friends came and she had peach schnapps and she was like, I have to catch up, like do shots with me. So I was doing shots and like, I had never done shots before. And I think like, cause it was peachy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was gonna yeah. like hit me that hard. Yeah. Um, and then I was drunk and then I was like a falling over level drunk, like, like wasted, Um, But like laughing, having a blast, like thinking it was so fun. But then what happened was um, it was snowing that night and Cassie was supposed to come get me at the end of the night. And then Cassie texts, we're on our way to get you. And I was like, we, and like, you didn't want her driving in the snow. So you're both coming to pick me up. And then I was panicking. And I remember my Mm -hmm. friends, I remember practicing with my friends, trying to pretend to be sober, trying to walk in a straight line, practicing, trying to shove my face with food. (laughs) That's going to do anything in the 15 minute drive. (laughs) And, and then I got in the car and was just really quiet back there, but very on alert. Cause I remember you saying in high school, I'll know a mile away if any right. of you were drunk. Right. And then when we got home, Cassie looked at me and said, your eyes are so bloodshot. Right. And like, the guy didn't really say anything. And I think I just went up to bed, but in the morning I woke up filled with anxiety, like filled with anxiety. I, I vividly remember this mom. I remember laying in bed. I can see it in my head. And I was just laying there so anxious I can actually feel it in my body right now talking about it yes my body just tensed I was so anxious I felt like you probably knew I felt like you were probably mad at me I didn't want to face you Mm. like I really remember that right and so what happened when you came downstairs I don't remember that but like nothing like no reaction no conversation no nothing yeah yeah. And so, so nothing happened. And did you stay anxious the whole day? Were you fine once 
You saw I don't me remember. I, I don't remember. Rem- I just remember feeling anxious in bed before yeah. coming downstairs, but I don't even remember seeing you. I just know that nothing but happened. It's so funny because, you know, clearly you, it was, you were allowed to drink at that point. Yeah. But I just felt right? ashamed that I got drunk. Interesting. I felt really because, ashamed that I got like I didn't have a handle on it. Yeah. I wasn't like only one or two drinks. Right, right. Which is what you really instilled in us. Yeah. And really the one or two drinks was for the point of noticing how you felt. How did you yeah. feel when you were drinking? Right. Yeah. Like <clears throat> did Yeah, you- you're always like, notice one or have one or two, pay attention to how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, mom, because like mm-hmm. I knew the red flags with my drinking, but there were lots of things that you had told me that also made me feel like my drinking was okay. Like things that you had said were red flags. Cause you always said yeah. for you, you yeah. were always the one causing a dramatic scene at a party. You were yeah. angry when you were drunk. You always said, yeah. watch out for a big personality change. Yeah. And that was never me. I yeah. was a happy drunk. I was like, I was a like, you know, if yeah. anything, cringy level, like I love you so much. Right. Like right. I was usually right. in a pretty, you know, obviously right. it's alcohol. So obviously there are exceptions. Yeah. It's just not always going to be predictable like that. So I, I'm not saying I didn't have my times where it wasn't course, good, but for the most part, like my temperament was, was pretty good. I was a pretty happy drunk. So that was the one thing that made me, I would come back to that to feel like mm. it was okay. Like, what about, oh, but my like, personality is okay when I drink. Yeah. What about like shut off valve? Did you notice like, oh, I don't really have one or like, where were you at? <laughs> I remember, you know, it's funny. I remember you asking me that when I was in school, when I was in university. And, you know, what's so funny is I used to pre-drink so hard before Mm -hmm. the bar because I didn't Mm want to buy drinks because I was broke. I was in school. I didn't want to buy drinks at the bar. So I would pre-drink and get so drunk and just go to the bar and just like still be so drunk. Like in the earlier kind of first two maybe even three years at university, I would just free drink and then be like, oh, I'm just going to get super drunk and then not spend money on drinks. And then obviously as my tolerance built up, then later that was not the case. But at the beginning it was. And I remember you asking me, do you notice that you have a, have a shut off? And I remember saying, well, like I just pre-drink and then I don't even get drinks at the bar. Mm -hmm. But like, no. Well, you know, it's hard to say. I didn't have much of a shut off, but if I consciously really tried, then I could. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is like, I did, did I black out every time I drank? No. Could I, was I capable of having a couple drinks? Yeah, I did sometimes, mm-hmm. but it was that I never didn't want to keep going. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, even though if I was just going to be like, screw it, I'm just going to get drunk. I'm just going to let myself get drunk, which was like often the case then. Yeah. No, I would just keep drinking. But I was able to be like, okay, I'm going to take it easy tonight and really, really consciously do that, but not without feeling deprived. Interesting. And would you, would you ever have a drink if it was, if you knew it was only going to be one drink? Yeah. You would? Would you want to? Would you feel disappointed about it? Would it feel I feel like, disappointed, oh, but I think I, I would have still rather had one than had none at than all. Than have none. Right, yeah. right, right. And so did you ever notice when you were drinking, like, 
once you hit a certain point, did you notice this feeling of, I don't want to stop? Like, did you have an awareness of that? Gosh, it's funny trying to think back now, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I always wanted to keep going. Yeah. I remember doing little things. Like, I remember having little markers of, like, I would be conscious of, like, I don't want to have finished this whole bottle of wine. So I'm going to leave a teeny tiny bit at the bottom so that I'm like, I didn't finish the whole bottle of wine, like things like that. Yeah. But it's really different when I think to like university party days, it was so normal to just be like, let's get like blackout and whatever tonight. And like, that was just like the name of the game. But then when I really think to like, graduating, living on my own. Mm-hmm. And like, I can remember being like, I, you know what? I remember having a conversation with you once when I was in university and maybe I was hitting a point where I was feeling all the partying. And I remember saying yeah. to you, like, yeah. I was having a little moment of like, oh, I kind of can't wait to graduate. So I can just, um, so like, it, it's not going to be all about drinking all the time. So I can like tone it down. And I remember you saying like, so Maddie, it keeps being all about drinking. Like (laughs) that doesn't stop with socializing. But then when I graduated, I remember having this, no, not when I graduated, but when I moved out on my own for Mm -hmm. the first time after graduating, Mm -hmm. like not in a student house, like moving out as more of an actual grown up and and really being like, I can go to the LCBO. That's where you buy booze in Ontario. I can go to the LCBO and buy like six bottles of wine to just keep in the fridge and like stock up because when I was living with you I was never gonna do that like I would go out and buy like one if I was gonna drink and I remember being this like oh I'm on my own I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy like several and I can keep them on hand I can pour a glass after work and not feel self-conscious about it like I do remember that shift for sure and then I think that's the point coming back to your question where (laughs) I can really remember like especially drinking with like guys I was dating. If we were going to like have some wine, like definitely being aware that I always wanted more wine. Right, right, right. When you're drinking with But then wanting to like leave it a little bit so that I could be like, oh, I didn't finish the bottle. (laughs) Right. And did you ever have anybody, like did anyone you were ever dating um, make any comments about how much you well, drink or the one did... that we know that we talked yes, about yes that one. <laughs> who d- wasn't like much aside, of a aside from that did anyone ever mm. say make a comment like when you're in university and all your roommates I mean not that they could talk really but um did they ever say god like you had way so, too much did I remember um or girlfriends anyone reflect back like Yeah. Well, I remember never in like a serious, like watch out kind of way, always in a joking way of like, I remember one time a girl when I was like in residence was Mm -hmm. saying like, oh yeah, we were all talking about like, who's the sloppiest girl on the floor. Like this person's name came up, your name came up, like kind of like that. And I remember some mornings like emerging from my room and someone being like, how are you feeling today? Like that, like knowing where you're just like, ugh. Yeah. Um, but so what did you, oh, sorry, hang on one second. So what did you <laughs> think when someone said like, oh, we're talking, because those comments, even though they're like, you know, they're pointed regardless, yeah. even if it's joking. So when somebody said that to you, like, oh, sloppy, your name mm-hmm. came up. What, like, do you remember how you felt in that moment? Did you feel 
like oh yeah it did like you know like in a fun way or did you feel kind of like uncomfortable or embarrassed or like I what, think what happened would you make that mean that somebody is noticing that were you like yeah. oh fuck honestly like, where were you in your head with that honestly I think I I genuinely looking back think I was able to laugh that one off I would think uh, I was 19 I think I was okay. fresh yeah. fresh in my drinking days I was like whatever it's right we're in university right. like we're all right. partying having fun like I I think I I was actually able to laugh that off unless mm-hmm. I'm remembering wrong but I don't remember being too affected by it I mean it's been 10 years and it still sticks out in my memory but like right, right, um, right, right. the first thing I remember being bothered by was mm-hmm. I had because I lived you know I lived in a house full of guys in university yeah. I lived with seven guys and yeah. I remember having a couple girlfriends over and me and the one girl just got obliterated like stupid stupid drunk and none of the guys the guys weren't drinking that night I don't yeah. think and like I remember just being so obnoxious with them like I don't even remember what I was doing but then I saw I saw them in the morning and you know me, you know this about me. I don't do well with people being mad at me. Yeah. I, yeah. I crumble, yeah. <laughs> especially back then. And I remember seeing one of my roommates the next day and he straight up was like, you were so fucking annoying last night. Like I was so fucking annoyed by you last night. I wanted to punch you in the face. Like literally like that oh, level. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was taken aback and that was rude. I looked, yeah, I looked at, <laughs> at that point it was six guys one other girl and Mm -hmm. I looked at the girl beside him and she was like yeah he's not joking because I thought I genuinely couldn't tell if it was a joke because of how like aggressive he was being yeah (laughs) which is so funny because nobody was more obnoxious than your roommate I know drinking (laughs) and carrying on right I know I know I know it was it was pretty rich coming from him Um, yeah I'll tell you which one it was later you'll laugh but anyways um uh I went. Sorry, to my that room made me feel like a little bit of a mother. You felt bear defensive. Like, what? <laughs> what did they say? Okay, sorry. Carry on. I went to my room and bawled my eyes out. Aww. I was mortified. I was mortified. Aww. That one upset me, knowing that so, like I had gotten yeah. drunk and like been so annoying towards yeah. people. That one bothered me. So and I'm like, so I don't what think I've you- ever told that story. Yeah. I know those little tiny, they seem so insignificant, right? Like, so these nothing kind of little moments, because like, honestly, it is true. They were like the most Oh, they put me to shame with their drinking. Oh, exactly. I mean, brutal, loud, obnoxious, sloppy, like whatever. So university boys, of course, of course, (laughs) right? Young, out on their own. Yeah, I shouldn't. I don't mean it in a. I know you're just unexpected way (laughs) just right like of course they would have been but like pot calling the kettle black if you ever right yeah so so but still I think like it's those funny little sort of side comments that sometimes like right we never speak them again because they're so painful in that moment. Yeah, that one such a weight of shame. Yes. Yes. I carried a lot of shame with that one. Yeah. And and I know you had asked about 
boyfriends, like people dating, mm-hmm. if they ever said anything. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I was sitting here trying to think about it. And um, the only times I can think of, because you know, my, my long-term relationship, yeah, yeah. he never said anything about my drinking. And I really was quite sloppy in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like not sloppy in that relationship, just sloppy at that time in my life that we were dating. Cause it was from when I was like 17 till 23 hours in my university days. I was like heavy partying. Mm -hmm. And I, the only thing I can remember was one time and I don't remember the context. I don't remember why, but I remember him one time being like, Oh my God, you're such an alcohol and trailing (laughs) off because he had this moment of awareness of like, Oh, her dad's an alcoholic. Like that's an alcoholic joke to make. And I kind of laughed. I was like, were you about to call me an alcoholic? And he just got awkward. So he like tried to like make a joke and then like realized, Oh, not a good joke in the context of her family. But my other long-term relationship was the was the guy who I lived with just up until months before I quit drinking pandemic lockdown drinking almost every day. And it was honestly like he didn't see a problem with my drinking to the point where I even towards the very end was like, cause we were in lockdown too. It was an emotional time. I remember being like, I'm stressed. And like, I just feel like, I feel like I'm drinking too much and that's stressing me out. And he was like, Maddie, like, come on, everyone is right now. It's okay. Kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. the whole world's doing it. And I met up with him about a year ago, post like a year yeah. after we broke up mm-hmm. too. And um, and so I told him I quit drinking and mm-hmm. he said, like, yes, why? And when I told him, he was like, it's funny, like the way you talk about it makes it seem like you have a problem. Like, I don't think you had a yeah. problem. Yeah. And like I was living with him up and like right. when I was drinking a lot. So right, right, it's right. interesting to look at their like little comments here and there. But then it's also like the person I was living with right before didn't think it was problematic. Right. Or maybe he's just a great enabler. That too, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, um, so you had a couple of you know little sort of comments made about your drinking in university, but mm-hmm. nothing ever set sort of any alarm bells off for you. Like the funny thing is to me is that when you finally decided you had had enough, like, I mean, did I know you needed to stop drinking? Absolutely. Did I have (laughs) any clue on God's green earth that you were troubled by your drinking? Zip. That is so funny. Not a clue that you were having any kind of internal struggle yourself with the fact that you were drinking. Like, you know, what's so funny about that mom is Mm -hmm. that genuinely because mm-hmm. I drank a lot at home, not in the yeah. early days, but in the, yeah. in my mid to late twenties, mm-hmm. then like I started drinking a lot at home with, yeah. with Jack. Yeah. It's my stepdad. Um, and, and your sisters. Yeah. And my sisters, like mm-hmm. we would all come home and drink and, um, drink at family gatherings and like all of that. And you know, what's so funny about you saying you didn't know I was troubled about my drinking is that mm-hmm. every single morning that I woke up after drinking around you, mm-hmm. I was so nervous to face you in the morning Gosh. every single time. And I'll come me. down, but, but then I'll come yeah. down and you'd be like, morning. How's it like, as if nothing yeah. had happened. Cause I guess yeah. nothing really had from well, your nothing perspective. Happened. Everybody was just, yeah. Cause it was never drinking drama when fun. I drank. No, yeah. No, yeah. Um, but 
it's funny because you had no idea, but I was always coming down in a state of anxiety and in a state of like, oh, what, what am I walking into? Maybe something did happen and I don't know. Right. Maybe she's mad at me and I don't know. Like I would always right. be so nervous and then you'd say hi and be normal and I would kind of yeah. like exhale. Okay, everything's fine. Yeah. But I was always stressed. Right. After and drinking with you, not with you, around you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and so even when things were you know, I was fine. Cause of course it was always just great fun. Like we'd be playing games, doing whatever mm-hmm. all the rest of you would be drinking. I was the lone sober, <laughs> <laughs> sober soldier. Yeah. And, um, so nothing would have happened. You would see, I would be fine. Would your anxiety leave? Would you think to yourself anything like, Oh my God, I need to stop. Like, when did you start thinking I got to stop drinking? I think there were absolutely times in university where mm-hmm. I knew that it, it wasn't good. I knew it was red flags in university for sure. Mm. Um, I think when I so really- So that's pretty st- early on considering- Yeah, you didn't, considering so I started drinking- funny? Like mm-hmm. I wonder, do we just know when we know and we just don't want to know? And so we call it all kinds of other things. Like I wonder- it's interesting. I mean, I suppose there's not one shoe that'll fit all. Of course, everybody's experience will be different. But I always think like I always knew for myself. For you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I just, you know, I had a little bit of understanding about, um, you know, alcoholism. And mm. so I just knew for me that I didn't drink the way everybody else drank. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, and I think I knew, uh, I knew I didn't have a shut off. Yeah. See, I and don't I had feel girlfriends like... who were very social drinkers. So I, when right. I say I didn't drink like everybody else, I mean in my little um, circle, I had. Well, everybody else was like girlfriend wise were very social in their drinking, and of course, mm-hmm. which you know made me stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So I was going to say, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think I always was like, I think it's just that I saw red flags. Mm. I think I just felt, cause it wasn't black and white like that for me. Like for you with drinking, you said you blacked out like all the time. time. You always blacked out. You always had like dramatic things happen when you drank. I I didn't have, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'd be angry. I was good natured. Mm -hmm. I was, mm-hmm. you know, having a good time when I was drunk. Mm-hmm. I didn't always yeah. black out. I did. So like it was. But it you did black be, out. I did black out, but yeah. I didn't black out every time. Um, no, but did you black out? <laughs> but did you black out early? <laughs> like how early on did you black out? I think the first time I ever blacked out was. I think I drank for the first time in September and my first blackout was in like April. And I only remember because it was oh, wow. the first time I had a party at yeah. our house right. <laughs> when we went away <laughs> right. for the weekend. And I don't, I didn't right. fully blackout. It was just the first time I think that there were things that I really forgot. Yeah. Like I was hearing yeah. conversations I had where right. I was like, oh, I don't remember saying that. Like it was like yes, that. It wasn't a full yes, blackout. Yes, yes. So yeah. it was like decently far yeah. in, into my drinking career, I guess. maybe not I don't know I don't know it so it wasn't that I was like oh my god I'm for sure I think I was trying to figure it out because it wasn't 
a big dramatic thing. It wasn't, it was just that, like, I saw red flags where I would definitely get too drunk often. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there, there would be certain things that would happen where uh, like, you know, being so embarrassed, being so anxious the next day, like all of that. And I think though, that I do think the way that I drank in university was really typical of a university student. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting into trouble. I wasn't like, it was pretty, you know, whatever. But I think that because alcohol was so heavily discussed in our family, Mm -hmm. then whenever I would get too drunk, I was like, shit, Maddie, like, (laughs) is this going to be an issue? Like, yeah, it was really just like that. Like, I was like, oh, that's not good. Because like, I was always just on high alert about it. Right. So interesting. But you know what? The the first time that I ever really was like, oh, was Australia. Yeah. Up until Australia, I think I was still, I saw some red flags, but mm-hmm. I was thinking for the most part, able to convince myself I was okay. Mm-hmm. I was okay with some red flags that I was ignoring free <laughs> Australia. That's how I would define it. In my head, I was mostly fine. We're just going to brush that right under the rug that like sometimes I'm the sloppy one. But then Australia was was absolutely the turning point for my drinking. And yeah. I went, I moved there when I was 24 for yeah. a year. And that was when And I that shifted. was sort of no hold barred. Yeah. Because I, I totally just embraced, I was like, I'm here for a year, but I'm on holiday for a mm-hmm. year. I'm going to treat it like a holiday. And mm-hmm. that I did. And I drank mm-hmm. most days yeah. while I was there. And that was when, that was also when, because I never had dramatic things happen, Real, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, like for the most part, obviously when there's alcohol involved, you're going to act like an idiot sometimes, but I never had really dramatic things happen before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really ever in my drinking days, just before then, just like other than stupid fights or whatever to Australia before Australia. And in Australia was the first time where I was like drunkenly making really bad decisions that I heavily regretted. Right, 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 right. And so while you were there, Maddie, were you thinking, um, I got to stop, but I don't want to stop? Did you have like, what were your, what was any sort of apprehension around stopping? Like, so here's the thing, you're drinking, you're, mm-hmm. you're making really, some really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You are feeling super anxious. Mm-hmm. state of so anxiety anxious that year my god right so not feeling good so why were you apprehensive to stop because it I was I always just think that's such a fun thing to kind of look at like why on earth am I saying oh god keep doing this thing like don't stop whatever you do because yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's because funny. it was my whole definition of fun. It was my mm-hmm. whole definition of having even a good time. though you're experiencing yes. it going, wow, it's really not fun. Like we just hold on to the idea that no, I wasn't. It's yeah, everyone says I it's fun, even, so don't stop. I wasn't even able to be like, logically, this isn't fun because I'm suffering for it. Like yeah. that wasn't even a thought process, really. Okay. It was like really mm-hmm. just that. It was fun. It was mm-hmm. what I was doing. I was on a working holiday, very yeah. like YOLO mentality. Yeah. And yeah, it, but 
suffering suffering it really was like those first and like it's funny to look back on because I did it was obviously also in a lot of ways such an amazing year I loved Australia and there were so many good memories there but yeah I I drank so much that like my mental health suffered so much and do you think it was like Madeline sorry to interrupt but do you think it was like oh my god I'm suffering so much but if I quit then it means I'm saying I have a drinking problem or I'm no, it wasn't even that it was and, genuinely, I was mm-hmm. not ready to let it go. Okay. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready to let go. I loved my white wine. I loved my wine. I yeah. looked forward to it. Yeah. It was like the thing that made me, it was the thing that I got excited for that year. Right. I would finish my bartending shift, probably hung over. Yeah. Get on the other side of the bar and immediately be ordering my wine. Yeah. And like, I look back on that. Oh my God. And I feel, look, and I don't want to have regrets because it was what it was and it was exactly what I needed, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like those first, I was in Sydney for the first six months and that was where all the bad decisions mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and I I worked at at a at a big bar. Like mm-hmm. it was like a big popular bar right across from the beach and I mm-hmm. loved that place and I it was like a group of young people working there yeah. and I would bartend and then I would get off and get drunk at the bar that I worked out at. I got kicked out of the bar I worked at one time and we all laughed. It's like a rite of passage. We all get kicked out of this <laughs> out of the bar we worked at. All the employees do at least once, haha, kind right. of thing and and I spent I feel like I wasted so much time, so much of my time in Australia that could have been spent doing cool things and exploring because, and that was why I went. Yeah. So I went to Australia. I was like, I want this cool life experience. And it just completely got overtaken by partying. It just, I got there and I was like, this is a party. I'm going to drink. I'm going to get drunk the whole time. This is so fun. And I drank with all the people at that bar all the time yeah I was always there but you didn't want to that's just amazing eh like I wasn't ready to give up my white wine no so I loved my white wine even though you and you know suffering. oh my god did I probably you, haven't did even you told make, you this did mom you equate okay tell me that but I want to ask this question too don't <laughs> lose that don't lose that just I will I'll remember it's just a funny little yeah. did you equate though all of your suffering with the fact that you loved your white wine? Had you drawn that line in your mind? I mean, I must have. Well, halfway through the year for the first time, I considered quitting drinking. So I must have. And at the end of the year, I was like actively worried. By the end of the year, my last few months, I was like, I need to stop drinking when I get home. Like, this is so bad. So even though I love my white wine, I've got to part with it. You were at that Well, no, actually, no. Uh, Okay, halfway through the year, I considered quitting for the first time mm-hmm. um it was and it's funny it wasn't in Sydney I don't know how I don't mm-hmm. know how at any point in Sydney I didn't say I'm taking a break because mm-hmm. I was a fucking disaster I was wow. a walking disaster in Sydney yeah. like genuinely so and, what's the thing you were going to tell me that you oh <laughs> is that Sydney like you part of your walking yeah. disaster? <laughs> okay, oh it's yeah. just so funny because like I, I was just 
I was just such a mess while I was there. I was always so drunk and doing stupid things. And then, oh my God. And then getting drunk and spilling my guts. Getting drunk and <laughs> spilling my guts about everything to people. Mom, I still cringe. <laughs> so I worked in I worked in the beach bar. There were multiple bars in this place. And I worked yeah. there with this like older woman who was like the supervisor of it. And I would get wasted and spill to her. I hooked up with this guy I work with and then like blah blah blah, just everything, telling her everything. And then oh I God. one time, I think while I was drunkenly talking to her, we decided that she was going to help me not get as drunk. So she started, oh I would go and she started splitting. I don't know what, like the logic yeah. behind this is hysterical, but she started splitting my white wine into, she <laughs> would fill two <laughs> glasses with ice and split the one glass into two with filled with ice and, and a straw. Oh my but then God. I was just had two glasses you of wine in my hand with a straw and I ended up drinking it faster because it's straw. <laughs> but it was like this joke that like, oh, she's trying to help me get less drunk. So here I am with my two glasses with ice. Oh, oh my, my God. God. But yeah, so a disaster in Sydney, but was not, was yeah. not going to part with it. And then mm-hmm. the next place I lived, there was just one day. And I actually did tell you this story one time, mm-hmm. much later, like way after I quit drinking and you were like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, Maddie. But, um, <laughs> I woke up so, so hungover. Like mm-hmm. I just remember it. And you know what? This one wasn't as much of an anxiety one. I actually had a great time in this next place I went to in terms of yeah. like, no, no dramatic, bad decisions, yeah. <laughs> like everything right. fresh start from all the everything. And, um, I woke up though one morning and it was genuinely just this feeling of like disgust over how much I had drank. We went to this bar. It was like ladies night, unlimited drinks for for girls, like unlimited Prosecco. I probably drank a whole bottle of wine before I even went and then drank, I don't know how many glasses. So I just woke up and I was just like, that is so messed up how much I drank last night. I just felt gross. I Uber eats a hungover McDonald's breakfast. McDonald's was like a five minute walk down the street. And I was like, this is so disgusting. Like I feel terrible about myself. So I've read that was for the first time ever. I was like, this is so bad. And I read, I looked up a sober blog. I was reading up on just this random blog of someone who had Mm -hmm. gotten sober. And it was, I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this. Like I'm doing this. And I was like, I'm taking this month off of drinking. I told my roommates, I I, like whatever. And then that day went to the beach with, you know, I was there with my sister went to the beach and this was the day I was, I was not drinking anymore for a month. Mm allegedly. And then we go to the beach and this random guy comes over to us and is like, Hey, mm-hmm. I have this, like, I have this case of beer and my friends were supposed to come meet me and now they can't come. Like, do you want to just come join me for some drinks? And like, I literally just had this mentality of like, Oh, I'm in Australia. And someone just like asked me oh to have God. beers. Like yeah. what? Like, I just, I can't say no. Yeah. <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. have to like mm-hmm. take this opportunity, I guess. I don't know. And then a stranger. Yeah. yeah. And then drank <laughs> with him, let him drive me home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I remember this story. Well, <laughs> this one, you didn't love this one. Um, but yeah. So then, then I, then I went out that night drinking yeah. and then I didn't, didn't, um, didn't then you gave play up with the, quest the idea to... of, yeah, yeah, that was done, but it was really, really towards the end 
that I was really feeling so just like just wrecked, wrecked from like a year of partying. And I do remember though, you went to a wedding that summer and you were, you were seated next to someone who I guess has some, you know, and, and this person was drunk and asking you questions about sobriety and asking you, I think asking you if they were an alcoholic. And I remember you recounting the story on the phone Mm -hmm. to me and saying like, you were telling it and you're like, I mean, obviously come on. Like you don't ask yourself if you have a drinking problem, if you don't have a drinking problem, like, come on. Mm -hmm. And in that moment I was like, Ooh, shit because <laughs> you were telling me that and I was like oh my god I'm asking myself that yeah so like that yeah. really sticks out that was a little moment yes. of truth for me during yes. that year yes I think that's a moment of truth for everybody and that's what mm-hmm. I was saying to this person like if you're asking the question then there's your answer you know the answer exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and so you had that you had that sort of like uh I'm asking this is me yeah and then and then do you remember what you felt like like did that feel scary for you did it feel like relief for you like no relief at that point no relief just like like did you feel like you were caught like trapped like oh my god I kind of know this thing about me yeah I don't want to do it yeah, I don't want to have to make this change. That is a hard place to be. That's like a little purgatory there. Eh? Yeah, I was in that purgatory for a while. Because mm-hmm. I would say I was in that purgatory from Australia till when I quit. Oh, you did it. Which was a, a three-year span. That's a long time. Yeah. Jeepers. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I think before Australia, it was really just like little red flags that made me go, mm-hmm. oh, not good, mm-hmm. but like. Mm-hmm. avoidable for now and then it was yeah from yeah. australia and after where i was like oh so this is when bad. you when you and mean, sorry i just have yeah, to say ahead. i do think also that my year in australia progressed my drinking because yeah. i then once i got sober i obviously read up on it and gained an understanding about the fact that yeah. alcohol is such an addictive substance so i think like I think if I hadn't done that year in Australia where I was like, oh, fun, fun year of vacation, mm-hmm. I'm going to just like party so hard and I ended up drinking yeah. almost every day. I think the progression would have been slower, but I think knowing I think so that I was started drinking at that rate, I think just accelerated everything because you can't revert back once right. it crosses a certain line, right. there's right. no going back. So I think yeah. it's interesting to think if that year hadn't happened, I I think it might've taken me longer because I do think I that think year so just like progressed at all. I think so too. So yeah. I'm curious to know. So now, so you're back. So there's this three year span from like, uh Oh, mm. yikes. Right. Till you know, I'm the, now I'm the one asking the question. So if I'm asking myself if I have a problem. So from that point where you had that mm-hmm. little awareness to when you decided to do something, were you actively trying to manage your drinking then? Were you in that, were you trying to be like, okay, I'm not going to drink that much. I'm not going to get that wasted. I'm not going to get, and every time you said, I'm not going to, did you? Yeah. So it's funny when I got back from Australia, because I really didn't share, as we've said, I didn't share mm-hmm. a lot with you, but mm-hmm. even you knew, wait, can I ask you before I say this, when did you sure. know that my drinking was not good? Because you said you knew. Yeah. When did you I know? know? 
Um, I would say, oh, isn't it so funny? Because I don't know what the time frame was, but I do remember like a couple of really key moments where I'm like, okay, this is not good. Like I remember noticing. Well, and I, again, I can't, I don't know the time frame, Maddie, but I just remember like, you know, so you girls were all home and we're drinking with, we're drinking, I'm not drinking, but you're all drinking, right? Yeah. And I can remember everybody's kind of, you know, maybe passed out, like had enough, they were done. And I remember you kind of sort of passed out as well, but rallied to go have another glass of wine before yeah. you were going to go to bed. Oh, I'm just going to have oh. one more glass. And I remember saying, yeah. like, really? Sure you want- oh, like, yeah, yeah, point? yeah. I want one more. You know, I want one more glass. And, you know, maybe you drank for sure a bottle, probably more. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, And I was thinking, wow, like one more glass just before bedtime. Not like, good. what's the point? That's a, yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Um, no and, recollection of that. And falling asleep, like, you know, we'd be. That was my other thing. issue. I would get drunk and pass yeah. out at yeah. inappropriate times. And then I would be so yeah. embarrassed the next yeah. day. Yeah. But you know what's funny is, you know, even though I can see you're all drinking or that everybody's drinking and you're drinking a lot. This is going to sound really funny, but I don't even think I had a good gauge of what's normal and what's not, because I think I always operate in the lots of drinking is a good fun thing. Right. We've talked about this extensively. We still, even though we don't drink, we still live vicariously or we still have this idea that like it's fun for everyone else when they're drinking Everyone's we, we won't but drinking. like yeah, yeah 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 and so I think still that same idea like yay I can't remember mm-hmm. this guy in um in AA I, I never forgot this it was maybe one of my one of my very first meetings at this particular group that I went to that then became my home group and I remember this person describing what they thought their life was they thought it was like one of those Labatt's blue commercials, you know, where the big everyone's like riding in the hot air balloons. This was this person's description. Hot air balloons, they land down and they all have drinks. <laughs> they do a campfire at night and, you know, this kind of vision. And I think, isn't that funny? Because, you know, those commercials sell it so well. Like there's even one oh, now yeah. where people swim even through the water and come up like... through the coolers and a big party's going on and everybody's having so much fun. Well, right? just shows and movies are commercials in themselves right. for booze. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, the, everywhere. The, the booze commercials in particular, like there's a party going on and it's freaking fun. Nobody's sloppy. Nobody's right. Like time of yep. their life. And everybody's no one's gorgeous. Crying. No right? one's in a fight. No one's falling <laughs> right? over. They're all good yeah. looking. They're yeah. All, you know? <laughs> and and yeah. um, I remember this person saying, I really thought that was me. I was one of those people. That was my life. But, you know, Mm. that wasn't it, of course. But I think so. Yeah, I still, you know, had, I think, this idea like people are drinking and they're having fun. If nobody's sort of in tears, if nobody's, you know, 
Um, right. There's nothing dramatic happening. They're having a good time. Yeah. There's no big problem yeah. here. Nobody's, you know, breaking the law or life falling apart or doing outrageous things. But um, yeah, so I'm always battling still my own um, perceptions and mm-hmm. thoughts about drinking and what it looks like to, you know. But anyway, so I just think there, but there were a few key things, you know, when you would fall asleep. Yeah. In the middle of a big part family. Oh my God. Yes. Sort of pass out. And, um, the, you know, alcohol really made me sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) I passed out a lot. Yeah. But that you didn't want to stop. I think I really noticed the amount you were drinking. And I was like, God, she's like a little waif. How can she put that away? Like you would could put away a couple bottles of wine. That was, that I was could towards the end, and yeah. that was and that was the shift that happened in Australia. Yeah. Because before, if yeah. I I had this really clear, like before I went to Australia, I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, if I drink, if I finish off a bottle, I'm fucked. Yeah. And then after Australia, mm-hmm. I could probably drink two two bottles. Mm-hmm. No, I could. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was a lot. And yeah. yeah. And then a couple of other little times where you really, that was front and center. You were always, I was even out of your sisters, you were, you were the first one to like, come on, let's get drinks going. Where's the wine? Come on, Jack. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. And that always, you know, that started to give me a little bit of a knot in my stomach. And then I was like, yeah, I just, you know, it's funny, eh? Like, I don't think about it a lot, but there was something, even though you were excited, there was like, Hey, let's get the party started. There was something about your eagerness. It was almost like started yeah. that was like a bit of a heartbreak for me. Aww. You know, it's like, you know, like, Oh, that's, that's a little off. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because as much as Mm -hmm. I never wanted to open up to you about, Mm -hmm. about my drinking stuff until I was ready to to actually do something about it. I did have one conversation with you after Australia, just about wanting to drink less. And I don't know if you remember this, but you gave me, cause you had the book, the unexpected joy of being sober by Catherine Gray. And you gave it to me after I got home from Australia, which would have been the very beginning of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I, I started reading it. I got maybe mm-hmm. halfway through. I think I got halfway through because I really did have the intention. And then I think I wanted to drink less, but I think I also did have, I was toying with with yeah. quitting altogether. Mm-hmm. But I, I made it halfway through the book. And then I remember also, even with one of my mm-hmm. really good friends mm-hmm. um, who knew knew every knew all my shit in Australia and everything um (laughs) she we decided okay we're gonna be accountability buddies and we're gonna help each other drink less and then or we're gonna help each other we're taking a break and we're not gonna drink and then I think the following Friday night we both messaged each other like oops and like (laughs) laughed about it and like would joke like oh we failed on that one um but yeah it I and I did like I wasn't obviously drinking as much as I was in Australia in terms of like the frequency, but mm-hmm. when I did drink, it was, it was more. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then it wasn't until it was, and then I think I really kind of put it out of my mind yeah. for that whole year yeah. until 
until that Christmas before I did dry January. Yeah. And then when you- I when I had my little work work yeah. party blackout that wrecked yeah. me so much. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was my <laughs> going to my that little was the beginning of the end. Yeah, that yeah. was the beginning of the end. It yeah. was. So what actually happened? Why was that the beginning of the end? Like I know you blacked out, but what was there? Was there anything else? What was the what was the crux of that? Yeah. I it was the level of, it was the probably one of the worst anxiety times I've ever had, if not the worst. It's top two, <laughs> <laughs> top two, like worst, worst mornings I've ever had because, mm. and like nothing, there was nothing dramatic that happened at the party, but I was so haunted by the fact that I had been with my coworkers and I didn't I didn't know I had the gaps. I do know. I do know. I kissed one of my friends on the lips, my girlfriends on the lips in front of a manager that happened. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't remember that. Um, That's like, oh my God. That's the only thing I always say to my knowledge. Nothing happened. That's the only thing that I know happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's the not knowing that's the it's the killer. not knowing. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's not knowing what happened, and it wrecked me, and it wrecked me inside for months. I and that whole weekend, I was a mess. Walking into work on Monday, I was a mess. I was just waiting for someone to say something, and no one did. It was like a total wow. non-issue. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Actually, is someone told me a story from the party mm-hmm. about someone else doing something, and I had the girl telling me I had been with her most of the night and she brought up the story to me. And I was like, I don't remember that. And she was like, really? Like, I'm shocked. You don't remember. Oh, like she, she was surprised that I didn't yeah, remember. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so that, that party was such a turning point because the level, the level of my despair the mm-hmm. next day and the level that it stuck with me for wow. months and months and months of like, oh having been with work people blacked out yeah I was like I can't like oh my god I can't I need to take a break so then I did dry January January. and so your experience and I know you know we've talked about this before but yeah you did dry January and it wasn't your gym it was not Mm -mm. yeah yeah I had a really hard time with it and I came out and I was like sober thing's not for me. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. eh? So if you're telling yourself the sober thing's not for me, but the drinking thing's not working for you either. Mm -hmm. Like what? So what did you do? Because that's dry January and you didn't get sober until November of that year. Yeah. So what on earth was happening for you in your mind? What were your thoughts about your drinking from then until then? What was going on? That's so interesting to think about. Cause yeah, when I, when I decided to do dry January, it was because my drinking had gotten Mm -hmm. so bad again. Mm -hmm. Um, so I took that break, but then, yeah, because I had such a hard time with it, I was like, yeah, no, screw this. Like I want to, I want to have fun. I want to like have my wine that I love so much. Um, and then I think what happened was, well, then the pandemic hit 
very mm-hmm. shortly after dry January, that was January 2020. So mm-hmm. like I started drinking again in February and then a month later we're all in lockdown right. and then everyone's drinking heavily. And again, I feel really justified. It was almost like the way that I felt like in Australia, I had a free pass. I think the pandemic made me feel that I had a free pass. And then I was drinking almost every day again. And, 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 you know, it's so funny. I was actually just thinking about this earlier today and I haven't thought about it in a long time was I remember hearing from other people like, oh my God, I'm drinking basically every day. Everyone was saying it. So it made me feel like what I was doing was normal. And then I remember someone at some point saying like, yeah, in the beginning I was drinking like most nights, but then like that got old. So not really doing that anymore. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, like, it doesn't get old, old for me. me. It's not drinking. It was, it was, what it was like, it was never that drinking was got old for me. It was mm-hmm. that the level of suffering I felt after the drinking became, I couldn't got take worse. it anymore. Yeah. It was that like the suffering so far outweighed anything else at a certain point, but it yeah. was never because I, it was never because I was like, oh, I'm kind of sick of drinking. I don't want to mm-hmm. do it anymore. I loved drinking my mm-hmm. wine. It was just that I was like, I can't stand I can't stand the aftermath of it anymore. How you feel, how you feel the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, Mm -hmm. yeah. So after Mm -hmm. dry January, it was then like pandemic drinking that, that really like did me in again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So pandemic drinking is doing you in and how often, how often were you thinking about your drinking or thinking about, I need to change my drinking or quit drinking? Like, was Mm -hmm. that a, thought a continuous thought for you like how often were you thinking about it yeah I think in pandemic days especially I think that summer like this because mm-hmm. I I made the decision in like September that was when I first started trying to get sober when I became mm-hmm. like sober curious um and I think that whole summer it was something I was really aware of and really really thinking about and what happened was I was I was like, I remember this I was laying by the pool and I was listening to a podcast and I was just scrolling through the episodes and I saw one of them was titled sober curiosity. Mm-hmm. And because I was in this place where I knew my drinking was problematic, I knew like I was struggling with it. I was like, what is that? I'd never heard the term before, like any mm-hmm. of it. And so mm-hmm. I, I play, and I had never stumbled upon the sober Instagram movement, like nothing. And so I listened to this podcast and it was Millie Gooch, who's the founder of sober girl society. Um, and she was talking about it in a way that I'd never heard it talked about mm. before. She was talking about, you know, like the, the interviewer said, are you an alcoholic? And she said, oh, like, I actually don't think it's black and white. It's not yeah. black and white. I think everyone really kind of exists on like a spectrum and that really clicked and yeah. something she clicked or something she said that clicked so hard burned into my brain is yeah. if you saw a smile, a small kitchen in your fire. Are you going to wait until your whole house is in flames before you put it out? Like you're just going to put it out. And that hit me because I was like, what the hell am I waiting for? Mm -hmm. Like my whole world's not falling apart, but like (laughs) my Mm -hmm. house is on fire. Are you going to let it burn down? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And that hit me so hard. And so after that, I went and found her on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Right. So I went and followed her on Instagram and then stumbled upon the whole sober Instagram kind of Mm -hmm. movement. So I think for probably a good, maybe kind of month ish, maybe a month Mm -hmm. or two before I 
woke up and decided, okay, I'm done. Um, I will, I was looking, I was watching sober Mm -hmm. Instagram. I would sometimes be like hung over in the morning and then like in a shame spiral and go read sober people's (laughs) Instagram posts. And, um, and then I did try to cut back. I remember really trying to be like, okay, I'm going to keep drinking. I'm just not going to, I'm going to moderate. I'm going to not get too drunk. And I, I can remember one night of doing that in the pandemic where I went out and I genuinely had two glasses of wine, but it was torturous. I was going to ask, did <laughs> yeah, you feel torturous. satisfied? Oh, no, it was no. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> um, but I did, I did try to play the moderation game, failed the yeah. course. Um, yeah. And yeah, th- that was probably the month leading into like them waking up and being done. Wow. And when you finally made that decision to do it, was it, was it like a relief? Was it? At that point, it was, that's a really interesting question because I never found, oh, that's so funny, mom. I never found relief ever in toying with the idea of doing it until that, that time until the time where I actually woke up and decided I have to quit. That was the first, Oh, why does that make me emotional? (laughs) That was the first time ever that I found relief in the idea. Wow. And then why do you think, I don't know why that makes me emotional. What's that? Why do you think that was the time that you found relief? Because I think that's the only time I was ready. Yeah. I think that's why that was the first time ever. Cause like when I, decided I was like when I woke up that morning mm-hmm. after the most mm-hmm. inconsequential night of all time I've said mm-hmm. it before I was like one of my best friends over at my place drinking wine nothing yeah. happened nothing embarrassing she texted me the next day like thanks that was so fun yeah but I woke up and was just this like for some reason thank mm-hmm. god that was mm-hmm. like uh I cannot feel this way anymore. Yeah. I cannot deal with this anxiety. I can't keep doing this. It was just this knowing this finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew, but it was this like this knowing in mm-hmm. a way of like being ready to face it, to yeah. face the truth of it yeah. and, and, and do something about it. And so mm-hmm. I think any other time that I knew a little bit, mm-hmm. but didn't feel ready, there was no relief in the idea of doing it. There was dread. There was dread mm-hmm. in the idea of doing it. But then when I woke up that day, I found so much relief and like, I had to do this. And I was, I was reading sober Instagram pages and feeling so much comfort in them. And like, look at these people, they're doing things sober. They're not feeling that anxiety. They're not feeling any of this. They're just like living their lives free of it. And it was the most comforting, the most comforting thought of all time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, so now that you are where you are now. And you know everything you know about what life feels like now, what it looks like, what it's like to be sober. Mm-hmm. How, like, what were your ideas about what you <laughs> thought it was going to be versus what it actually is? Oh my God, wildly different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I used to imagine sobriety, mm-hmm. it felt like, it felt like I would have, cause this was how dry January felt dry January mm-hmm. for me felt like I had nothing to look forward to mm-hmm. like no excitement in my life. Like it yeah. just, because I had to grieve alcohol so 
freaking hard. It was such mm-hmm. a grieving process. So even like imagining life without it, it honestly just felt unthinkable because like the more time went on, the more my world was centered around drinking. Yeah. That was my yeah, that favorite was thing to do. <clears throat> it was my mm-hmm. favorite thing to do, which is such a sad thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so imagining life without imagining like sobriety life without alcohol, I think it just felt depressing, dull, nothing to look forward to, no excitement, no way to let loose, like just all of that, everything you associate alcohol with, I thought would then be gone from my life. And yeah, it's obviously just been the opposite, which is just so funny to see. Um, so lots of fun, lots of color. Yeah. And that's what, that's, what's so Mm -hmm. funny is like, I used to think it would be so dull. Whereas now I'm like, drinking is dull. Drinking dims your life. (laughs) Like, honestly, it just dims everything. And sobriety is what brightens it right back up. Right. You just have to let yourself get there. Yeah. You have to like get through the messiness of those initial feelings Mm -hmm. to get get to the other side of them. And it's so much better. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that just the best news? Right. The best news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good place to end it. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you, honey bun. Thanks, mom. Proud of you yeah, too. Really proud of you. And you know, I say it all the time. I wouldn't have wouldn't have done it when I did. Well, if you, you weren't my mom. I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have. Thanks, mom. This is a fun combo. I know. It It was was an interesting combo. It was fun to talk to you about it for the first time ever talking to you about it Mm -hmm. kind of extensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing with me, love bug. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at Happiest Sober and at Happiest Sober Podcast. And head to happiestsober.com to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. We'll chat next week. Thanks for coming on, Mom. Okay, honey, fun. Thanks for having you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, hey, it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.